perfect? Bang on my chest if you think I'm perfect. Go ahead, bang on it. No heart? You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. This is Patchwork Heart Ministries' Young Catholics Respond, brought to you by Breadbox Media. Now, here's your host, Bill Snyder. Thanks, Adam, and welcome to the program, everybody. I am Bill Snyder. This is Young Catholics Respond, and thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of our ministry, no matter where you're listening from or how you're listening. Thanks for being here. Uh, before I get started on today's interview, I just want to remind you that you can head over to our website, patchworkheart.org, and check out more about our ministry, and also check out our premium content that we are producing with Fiat Ministry Network on our Patreon account, and that is very simply patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry. And if you go over there, you're going to see a couple of different tiers. The one I want to point out to you today is called the Discover Your Mission tier, and that tier is $25 a month. And what we do is we upload a brand new personal mission every single month. So this is a personalized mission that uh, we take from a Catholic speaker or author, and we uh, develop it into a three-part series. And uh, we do a new one each and every month, and you get all the back episodes. So we've already got three uploaded, and this month, uh, we we just released it last weekend. Uh, We have William Hemsworth's beautiful uh, series on the Eucharist entitled The History and Unity of the Eucharist. So folks, go over to our Patreon and check it out. Uh, It would be wonderful if you did. And uh, thanks so much for supporting our ministry. And uh, I want to jump into our guest today. I have uh, Shauna Arnold with me, and Shauna uh, grew up in a dysfunctional home, which led her on a road to destruction. Uh, During her teenage and young adult years, uh, she was shaped by many hurts that she had hidden in her heart. Uh, She presently shares her testimonies in high schools, churches, and wherever she's invited. Uh, She was recently on At Home with Jim and Joy on EWTN uh, television, and she shares her message of God's mercy and love. She has two beautiful boys and is married to her husband, David, uh, who supports her uh, and her passion to serve God. So, Shauna, welcome to Young Catholics Respond, and thank you so much for being here and sharing your um, story with us today on on Young Catholics Respond. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's it's amazing uh, to talk to you. I, I, I just want to kind of ask you... Um, about your journey, you have an amazing uh, story. I've heard it before, but our but our listeners haven't. So, if you would just maybe start with your own words and start at the beginning and, and share with us your uh, your journey to the Lord. To sum it up in the little time frame I have here, roughly, I grew up in a pretty dysfunctional home. I experienced physical, sexual, mental, and emotional abuse growing up. My mother was addicted to prescription pills, and my father was a workaholic. And my dad was never around. He just worked all the time. Um, Basically, I grew up in a home where I could pretty much do whatever I wanted because my mom would sleep pretty much till noon or later every day. We were kind of free to do whatever we did as kids growing up in our home. Um, Basically, I craved a lot of love and I was needing something. Obviously, I wasn't getting at home. There was no foundation there. I started to uh, make friendships with people who could relate to me in school who had hurts of their own as well. Um, People who were coming from similar backgrounds to some degree as I was, because we would, we would connect and we had common ground. By early elementary school, I already started to get into drinking and how I did that was stealing alcohol from my friend's parents, liquor cabinets, 
um, having friends that had older siblings that would give us alcohol. And then eventually I started into using drugs by grade nine. So at this time in my life, I kind of just came in and out of the home, did whatever I wanted. I could be gone for long periods of time and my parents didn't even really look for me or anything. It was kind of the, that degree because all they did was fight with each other and it was just so dysfunctional. It was just like a war zone. Um, at this time too, and at about grade nine, I remember I, I decided at this time to quit school. And the reason for that was because of the name calling I was getting from all my peers as well, as well as having the burden of my home life on my shoulders. So I'd be called names because people would see me hang around with these certain kids. But I want people to know that in reality, when you're, when you're like acting out and stuff, it's not because you're evil and bad. You're acting out because you're hurting. And that's exactly what I, what it was. I was hurting, so desperately hurting. And I remember then at this time going into my drug addiction and quitting school. And then of course, you know, you need money for these, for these addictions. So I remember at this time getting in trouble with the law quite a bit. I was actually uh, placed in jail three times in my, in my, uh, on my journey in and out of juvenile jails. Uh, my parents had separated uh, basically um, at this point, after they separated, my mom met this man really quick and my dad met this other lady. My mom remarried this man and uh, he now became our stepfather and he started to physically abuse my mother. And then I had learned he was physically abusing my little brother and it was really hard for me to deal with. So at this time, what did I do? I turned back into my addictions to cope with the pain because I thought, what can I do in this situation? Yeah. You know, because when I was in that situation... You know, and back in the day, I did have the courage at one point in my journey to tell somebody and they didn't really do too much. What they did was they threw me in a room and board situation, which how did room and board get to the root issue of my problem? It didn't. Yeah. You know, and you got to remember, this is in the early 90s. Nowadays, it's a lot more, more help. But I also thought at this point, you know, if I tell somebody about all this and they take my, my little brother away on my mom, what if my mom were to kill herself? And the reason I say that is because I grew up in a home with my mother saying that constantly, that she was going to take her life. Mm. You know, and I thought, so what do I do in this situation? You're, you're danged if you do, and you're danged if you don't. You know, you tell somebody, what if that happens? You know, you don't tell somebody nothing happens. It's, it's hard. So I just became more consumed into my addictions. Now at this time, I was about, at about the time I was 19, I became pregnant. And I remember telling my mom I was pregnant. And uh, my mom told me that I should uh, have an abortion. I actually didn't even know what an abortion was. I knew nothing about fetal development. I didn't know at three weeks the baby had a heartbeat. I was told none of that. And I thought, well, okay, I'll go to the doctor. I'll, I'll see what this is. You know, I'll inquire. And I went to the doctor. And I remember on the black bed with the white paper, he took out a pen. He drew a circle. And he told me my baby looked like a pen dot. It was just a pen dot. And like I said, I knew nothing about fetal development. I thought, well, this is a doctor. He told me it's just a pen dot. What's the harm in that? My mom told me to do it. You know, I had no support. I thought this is the best decision. So I remember at this time in my life, I, I was uh, pretty much given a date and a time as to when I'd have this abortion. I remember at the time, the roller coaster of emotions that went through my mind. I had one friend tell me it was my body and my choice. You know, and another friend told me she'd help me raise the baby. I knew that wasn't going to happen because that friend was more messed up than me. I had no, nowhere to go, nowhere to turn. You know, my, there's no way I was going to bring a baby to my mom's house with that abuse. My dad didn't have care about me at all. 
He wasn't even talking to me at this stage. He still to this day isn't in my life. He pretty much rejected and neglected us, all of his kids. So it's like, what do you do here? I had no support, no money. So I remember at this time, I, I thought, you know, and to be honest with you, I'm going to be honest. And this is really hard for me to say, but this is the truth. <laughs> yeah. That at that time in my life, when I was pregnant, I actually was more concerned selfishly about going to the next party and getting high and drunk. Mm. That's all I cared about. And I wanted that more than that child in my womb. That's how much addiction had a grip on me. So I went through with this appointment for this abortion. And I remember my friend drove me to the hospital. Um, I went in by myself. And pretty much, uh, I blocked everything out. I don't even know what happened. I can't remember to this day. I can tell you right after, though, I was in a hospital bed. And the only words I could use to you to describe how I felt was, I felt really fuzzy and I felt numb. I felt as if I killed my soul. I remember the nurse gave me a piece of toast and a juice. Like, she didn't talk to me. Like, they didn't tell me, oh, you could feel this way or this way. These are some symptoms you could have. I wasn't told any of this. Just basically, okay, here's your toast, here's your juice. Now no, now go home, right? That's how I felt. And I remember my friend came back to get me. I went back down into the car and I looked in the mirror and I was as pale as a sheet of paper. That's how much blood I had lost from that abortion. I'll never forget those painful cramps I had all the way home. But you know the thing is, when I got home, do you know what I did? I got more into heavier drugs, mm. worse crimes, and I just got into this road of destruction even harder. I ended up actually becoming pregnant again uh, soon after, which I, re I realize now is called an atonement pregnancy. It's because this can happen to many women who have had an abortion. You want to replace that baby. Mm. So that's kind of what happened. I'm pregnant again. I went home to my mom's house and I said, you know, mom, I'm pregnant again. You know, my mom said, what are you doing? You can't have a baby. You know, you can't keep a baby. You know, I heard all that, you know, I, I, but you know, I have to be honest, there was no way, <laughs> no way I could have another an abortion because I knew what that did to me the first time. I knew how that hurt me. Yeah. So I remember I quit the drugs, um, smoking cigarettes, the alcohol. I quit everything cold turkey. Wow. Cause I wanted to have that baby. And I remember the migraines I had and laying in my bed, like in field position with such massive headaches, but I wanted to have that baby. You know, when I was three months pregnant, my mother died of an overdose. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I know this time in my life, you know, I thought, you know, I, I didn't know how to take all this. But, you know, I have to tell you something that I took from it. I believe my mom's death gave me life. Do you want to know why? Because I thought I could stuff all this stuff in me, all of these drugs, all these addictions, and it's not going to hurt me. I'm invincible. I'm invincible. My mom was 43 when she died of that overdose. She died of three lethal doses of things. Now I'm telling you, you're not invincible and drugs can kill you. That actually woke me up to the reality of what drugs can do. And I remember now I was on a, I was still flipping up and making mistakes. You know, you still kind of stumble, but I was on this, uh, kind of on starting on this path of I want to change my life, you know? Your story is so powerful. Um, and it's just amazing what what you went through and I want to take a short break because I want to come back and I want to talk with you about that transformation of life because I know that that's where you're leading please stay tuned folks uh, we're talking with Shauna Arnold we're going to be right back after these messages here on Young Catholics Respond. <laughs> 
Patchwork Heart Ministry is committed to sowing hope into broken hearts by helping young people encounter the love of Jesus Christ and His Catholic Church through prayer, storytelling, and media initiatives. We invite you to prayerfully consider supporting this mission financially. Mail your tax-deductible donation to Patchwork Heart Ministry at P.O. Box 563 Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, zip code 53147 or visit patchworkheart.org to donate online. That's Patchwork Heart Ministry, P.O. Box 563, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, 53147, or online at patchworkheart.org. Hi, everybody. Bill Snyder here. Just want to thank you for listening to this episode of Young Catholics Respond. And as a founder of Patchwork Heart Ministry, we have so much more going on than just our podcasts. Check it out at patchworkheart.org. Your heart is always beating, but you never have to think about it. Welcome back to Young Catholics Respond. Once again, Bill Snyder. Hey everybody, welcome back to Young Catholics Respond. I'm Bill Snyder. Uh, Today my guest is Shauna Arnold, and we're talking with her uh, about her incredible and amazing faith uh, walk and journey. I'd also uh, like to mention her book, uh, From Darkness into Light, Finding My Way into the Father's Merciful Love. Uh, that is her book. Uh, it's very, very awesome, very powerful book. Uh, so, so please check that out as well. But, uh, Shauna, I want to kind of continue our um, conversation uh, right where you left us off. You know, the, you, you were just starting to maybe come out of um, these addictions and these issues that you wanted to kind of change your life after, after witnessing your, your mother's overdose and, and death. So talk a little bit about, uh, the, you know, the remainder of the journey and, and, and how the Lord began to pull you out of, of this incredibly difficult uh, situation and, and life that you found yourself living. All right. Well, thanks for the second half. Um, basically, at this time in my life, I, I ended up marrying the father of the child I was pregnant with because my mom had died. My, my dad wasn't in my life and I wanted to have this baby. So what do you think you do in a situation like this? You attract what you are. And I was still dysfunctional. So I attracted dysfunction. So I was with somebody that was abusing me, treating me poorly. And I was allowing it to happen to quite, quite a few, quite a, quite a while I allowed it to happen. And cause you know, I thought it was worthless trash and I was destined for this life. You know, this is kind of what I'm going to live. The marriage actually ended in adultery at this time in my life. He left. So now what? I'm a single mom. Now what? What do I do? I actually ended up on a phase where I got an annulment, which is later on in my story, but I did get an annulment through the church. Um, I now was a single mom. I went back to school. I went back to school and I got my grade 12 and it was hard, but I did it. And then I went on to post-secondary school because I thought, you know, I have to be able to support my son and I, and I needed a, a, a pretty decent income. So I did that. And then at this time in my life, I thought, you know, I'm done school. I want to move somewhere new, somewhere where I don't know anybody, you know, fresh start. And I decided to move to this different town. And when I was at this different, uh, at this different place, I thought, you know, there's got to be more to life than what I'm living. There's got to be more to life than this. You know, you're just sick of the sick, you know, you're just sick of it. So I thought, you know, maybe I'll go to church. And I was Catholic because of the sense that I had my sacraments when I was young. Um, Nobody ever told me I could know God or have a relationship with him. You know, I knew nothing. But I thought, like I said, there has to be more to life than what I'm living. I started to go to these prayer meetings at this parish. And at these prayer meetings, I met these elderly ladies. Um, 
And these elderly ladies would would tell would invite me to things, and and one was, would you come to the these prayer meetings? And I thought, well, okay, sure, I'll go to these prayer meetings. And then while I was at these prayer meetings, these ladies would say that God spoke to them. And I have to be honest with you, I was kind of wondering, like, was I now hanging around lunatics, <laughs> or I honestly thought this were these people just saying this to their friends because they look cool in a sense, like, you know, Oh, I can hear God speak to me. You know, I'm special. You know, I honestly was, that was riding through my thoughts. I didn't know what to think of that. (laughs) And then after that, I was told there was something called a youth retreat happening at this parish. And one of my aunt and uncles went went with me and I thought, well, I'll go to this youth retreat. I was in my mid twenties. I I thought, well, I'll, I'll go, I'll see what this is. And, uh, when I went to this retreat, I was put in my place. I was standing in the pew beside my aunt and and my uncle. And the man putting on the retreat said, imagine God's before you. And I heard a voice. It seemed audible, but it more more than likely was in my heart. But I heard the word say to me as clear as day, I'm your father and I love you. And I remember I looked over at my aunt and uncle and I said oh God spoke to me and I remember my uncle kind of looked at me like okay <laughs> like you know I'm looking like a loony <laughs> but I heard that I heard those words and then I remember now it was um, after that happened that guy putting on retreat said okay everybody it's now supper time we're going to go in the basement of the parish and I remember going downstairs and like getting my plate and plate of food and like how, how do you eat <laughs> Yeah. How do you now eat your food? I was so excited. I remember even going in the bathroom and saying to people, God spoke to me. God spoke to me. You know, I, I was just so excited. My heart was starting to open up. And then I was told something called adoration was going to be happening next after supper. And I didn't even know what adoration was. I had no clue. No clue what that even was. So I remember going back up into the church and on the on the pews, I, I noticed there was Kleenex boxes placed. And I remember thinking, well, well, what's with these Kleenexes? Is this an emotional thing? What is this? What What's happening? And I remember when I went in, I, I found where I was going to sit and the, and the priest came in. He came in with the monstrance and he placed it on the altar and he started saying a bunch of blessings. And at this time, it was dark. There's just candles lit. No one was staring at me or looking at me. And I had another experience during adoration. Now you got to remember, my heart was starting to open up after hearing that. How do you not open your heart after hearing those words? And now my heart was opening up and I was ready to give all my garbage to the feet of Jesus. I remember I was sitting there and at the time after the priest was done, all the blessings, the music started playing and it was really loud. Like no one was staring at me or looking. And I had an experience during adoration that touched me deeply. I remember closing my eyes and within my heart, just begging God to help me, begging God to heal me, to change me, and just asking him all these things within my heart. And I felt this love and peace come over me, and it was really strong. And I remember it felt like bubbles were being pulled up out of my heart and up. And I had, I just remember the tears that were floating down my cheeks, the warmth of the tears just running down my cheeks. And I had a long sleeve shirt on and my sleeves were soaked. And you cannot tell me that God isn't real because he is real. He touched my heart. I remember after that happened, I went home at the, when the night ended, I remember going home and like, how do you sleep? Right. <laughs> how do you sleep now? You got all these questions. My faith was tiny. Like what happened spiritually? And I thought I'm going to call these elderly ladies from the prayer meeting. 
this one lady will tell me what happened because I thought, you know, she knew everything. You know, her faith was so much bigger than mine. She'd explain to me what happened. And I remember when I phoned her, she told me, well, God gave you a new heart. And she told me to look in the Bible under Ezekiel 36, 26. And you know that passage, right? So after that, I remember I was on fire for God. And I remember like reading all these books about uh, my Catholic faith and learning about saints and stigmata and Eucharistic miracles. I remember just learning all these things that I never knew existed. It was like, I remember just swallowing stuff up whole and reading it so quickly. But then again, this abortion and all this trauma started to come up. It was coming back up. And I was getting thoughts in my mind saying to me, why are you even bothering to get to know God when you're going to hell? You had an abortion. And then I would get thoughts in my mind saying, mommy, why did you kill me? And these are actual things that were happening to me and tormenting me. So basically why that was happening is when you have something in the dark, God wants to bring it up so he can shine light on it and heal you. How can he heal you when you're bearing such big sins? I had such big, huge sins buried under a carpet. So basically that's what was happening. So I remember at this point in my life, of course I've done, I went to uh, reconciliation and, you know, I, I felt so much better and lighter. And, but I have to be honest with you. It was me. I couldn't forgive myself for that abortion. I hung on to that, even though I repented of it. I shamed myself so much. Mm. I remember after this, uh, to make a long story short, I, eventually I, I was led and I had this feeling to tell this woman at my church about my hidden secret. And I kept getting this prodding to talk to this lady, talk to this lady. And I kept putting it off and talk to this lady. And I put it off like, I can't tell anybody this. Are you kidding? Well, I actually went up to her and I got the courage and I said, you know, would you come over to my house uh, for coffee? And she agreed. And then once again, prior to her coming, what's happening? These thoughts. And what are these thoughts now saying to me? They're saying to me, you can't tell this lady what you did. She's going to tell everybody at church you had an abortion and you're going to be thrown out of the Catholic church. You can't go to church if you've had an abortion. And this is what was happening to me. But, you know, she came over. And I did it. I told her I had an abortion. And do you know what she did? She just looked straight at me and she goes, you know, I know of a retreat called Rachel's Vineyard. It's for women who have had an abortion to get help and healing. Mm. And it's going to be 20 minutes away from where, where I lived. She knew the director. She was going to get the paperwork and get me signed up. How do you not see that's the Holy Spirit? Right. Seriously. I had this prodding to tell this woman. I don't barely know from a hole in the ground. <laughs> my deepest, darkest secret. And she in turn looks at me and tells me there's a retreat I can go to to get help and healing. Like seriously. Amazing. Incredible. That was the Holy Spirit. Of course. So basically I ended up going to Rachel's Vineyard. I had forgiven myself. I had named my child. There's a memorial service there. I named my child Michael. And at this point in my life, I, I started to uh, heal from all that. And it took time. Um, I eventually ended up... Uh, getting remarried. I had an annulment. I got remarried. I've been married for 14 years now. I have two children, obviously. Um, one's, one is 23 and one's 13. And it is the family of what was wanted in my heart. And I want people to know too that um, everybody has issues in their life. And I remember at this at one point in my life when I was turning around that I used to think that there was perfect people in the world. I actually believe there was perfect people because I'm such a mess. You know, I am such a mess. And I just I remember looking around and thinking other people are perfect. 
I'm just, I'm worthless. But I want you to know that I looked. I looked high and low. I looked everywhere. And I got to know people. And you know what I found out? There is no perfect people. Perfect does not exist. Amen. Yeah. So I just want people to know that because I know because of all the back past stuff I went through that I remember searching and looking at other people as a, wow, you know, I wish I had their life. I remember even going to church. I kid you not, at the beginning of my journey, going back to church, I would look around in the pews and see families together, like mom, dad, all these kids. And I would look and feel sorry for myself. I would feel sorry for myself because I don't have that. I didn't have that, you know? But, you know, I always have to say, because of what I heard from God, that's what healed me from all that as well, is those words, I'm your father and I love you. I've had to go back to those words so many times in my life when I was healing. And that's incredible. See, when God says something to you, it's for a reason. You don't exactly know why, but eventually it's like a puzzle. A piece just goes in like snap. That's why he told me that, because he knew I would beat myself up. So I just want to say that as well before you start asking me questions as well. But I just thought I would tell you that as well, because it's hard to summarize uh, a journey like this in so many minutes. I know. (laughs) But those are points I really want to say, because I know when I was feeling very, very lost, you know, just at the beginning stages of healing and felt so much despair, you know, these were the feeling, real feelings I had. Yeah. So, yeah, I just wanted to mention those as well. I want to ask you, uh, one final question, uh, and then I'll make sure I mention your book again in the and the website so people can uh, get in touch with you. But but I want to ask you just about uh, your advice and what is some advice for somebody who might be going through a difficult situation uh, right now. Uh, the Holy Spirit's made an appointment with them. They've said um, this is the testimony today that I want you to listen to. Um, so that that one person that might be out there struggling uh, with something in their life along these lines, what? What would you say to them? What I would say is never be afraid to reach out to somebody and talk to them. I would, I would very much stress that going to a priest is high on your, on, on my priority list uh, right now. And it should have been back then, you know, so going to talk to somebody, especially a priest, because you can go to your sacraments, your sacraments are so healing. And that's another thing I went through is, or even if you don't have the chance to do that right now, I'm going to be real with you. You know what helped me as well? Sitting in my normal recliner in my everyday house <laughs> and talking to God from my heart and talking to him and crying and telling him what hurts and just talking to him and building a relationship. Eventually that relationship will lead you to those other things. But just start start that way if you have to start that way. That is the most important thing to do is build that relationship with Jesus. So I want people to know that as well, but don't ever leave something inside you because it will fester. It will fester and fester and come out in different ways, come out in anger, come out in fear, come out in sadness. It just will eat at you. The deeper you put that garbage, it's going to eat you from the inside out. So please don't keep it in. And, you know, I want to say too, there's times I've talked to people as well and I felt worse as well. I just want to be honest. If you do feel that way with somebody or you feel like they're kind of shaming you, they're not compassionate with you or, you know, listening, don't say, okay, I'm not doing this now. No, talk to somebody else. You're going to find somebody you can trust. And I had to go through that too. Different people I had to go as my discernment grew. So just keep trying to talk to somebody that will listen to you. So I just want to say that um, in closing. 
Shauna, this has been uh, such a pleasure having you on the program today, and and uh, your your witness, your courage, your advice, everything for for young people uh, listening to this program. I just want to say thank you for being here. So really, thank you so very much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, and I hope. Uh, yeah, I hope that this can help a lot of people become closer to Jesus, and I appreciate that you you asked me to be part of your program. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll definitely have you back. Uh, I want I want to uh, just give people your website and your book. Uh, once again, it's shaunaarnoldblog.wordpress.com. That's Shauna's website. Finally, uh, I want to make sure that uh, you all go and get a copy of her book. Uh, the book is From Darkness Into Light, Finding My Way to the Father's Merciful Love. I'm sure it's available everywhere Catholic books are sold, including Amazon and the Internet and everything like that. Right, Shona? Yes, definitely. It's on, on Through my website, I, yep. I send them out as well. I have an email on there. Um, there's also, if you go in the menu bar, that you'll see the About page. You'll see my speaking pages. And you'll see a page specifically on the book with an email link. Definitely reach out to Shauna. Uh, thank you, Shauna, for being uh, my guest here on Young Catholic Respondent. It's been an amazing pleasure to have you today. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. God bless. Yes, well, until next time from all of us here at Patchwork Heart Ministry, I'm Bill Snyder. Keep beating to your Catholic heart. You've been listening to Young Catholics Respond, a radio initiative of Patchwork Heart Ministry. To learn more about our ministry and program, visit us at patchworkheart.org. Or to get exclusive access and early ministry updates, become our patron on Patreon by searching for Patchwork Heart Ministry.